0: Good morning, everyone. Great to see you all, your smiling faces and your masked faces. Those are awesome. All of them are awesome. And I appreciate them being right here at the Vineyard Church this morning. Let us, uh, we're getting ready to get back into the game this week with the, com- with uh, church community. So as we get ready to dig into this message, let us uh, open up in prayer. Father, we humbly bow before you this morning. We give this time to you. Uh, We are here for you. We are here to meet you. We're here to commune with you, to hear from you. So would you open our ears that we would hear? Would you uh, uh, motivate the activity of our minds and limbs so that we could get in the game with you? And that you would continue to lead us, guide us, and direct us as we participate in kingdom ministry with you. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. How many of you here are Minnesota Vikings fans? Minnesota Vikings, okay. There you go. Vikings fans, what's going on? <laughs> I'm not a Packers fan. I was warned. You can wear any jersey up there on the stage. Just don't wear a Packers jersey. I, I said I, I-, I-, I uh, humbly will agree. Okay. Are the Vikings going to win anything this year? (laughs) Where's the hope? We need a real hope for the Minnesota Vikings. We need a. (laughs) What will it take for the Vikings to win to get to the playoffs this year? What will it take for them to magically get to the Super Bowl this year? A miracle, what else? Some of you say a better player. Some would say a better coach. Listen, let me go back in sports history just for a moment and and, and let you peek into the window of some of the most successful teams in sports. Some of them didn't have the greatest teams. Some of them didn't have the greatest players. Some of them didn't have the greatest coaches, but ended up winning everything, winning a Super Bowl, winning whatever uh, sport it was just because they worked well together. For example, the 2012-2013 Baltimore Ravens. Not, not trying to rub it in. All right, I got a sum, my some. All right, <laughs> but the, that Baltimore Ravens team was not the best team. That team wasn't looked at as a successful team. It wasn't going to be a successful team. That team didn't have the best players on their team. We certainly didn't have the best quarterback. And Ray Lewis was on his last leg. This was his last game. He was all Ray Lewis by then. But they worked well together together. And came through with the victory. They actually won the Super Bowl. Now, what did that team do well? They worked well together. Ray Lewis did a great job motivating that team. You see, that team was supposed to be an underdog to Tom Brady and his New England Patriots. That team was supposed to be an underdog to Peyton Manning and his then Denver Broncos. We were supposed to be the underdog. We ended that season with a 10-6 and record. You know who else ended their season with a 10 and 6 record? The Minnesota Vikings just last year, 2019, 2020. The Minnesota Vikings can be successful. (laughs) Well, we need to cheer them on. They need our support. They need hope. They need prayer. (laughs) But they also what they really need is to learn to dedicate themselves to one another. They need to learn how to be a team and not just a collective of individual players. I was watching the press conference from their putrid, I mean, from their performance <laughs> uh, last night, and it was like everybody threw everybody under the bus. There was no team unity. there was no support. The coach was even talking about how bad every single person was. I said, "Wow!" There's no love for this team. You see, if we want to be a team, we need to work better together. Everybody needs community. Church community is where we find it. We work better when we are together. We're not designed to be Christians alone. We're not designed to be Lone Ranger Christians riding off into the sunset on our own lonely horse. No, God has designed us for each other. God has designed us to be successful, to win the game together. You see, and it doesn't work until we're together. We, we can't be moving in opposite directions. We, we have to be on the same page. Great teams don't always have to have the superstars on their teams, but they have to be in lockstep with each other. Today, we want to talk about our own team's success. We want to talk about how we can get in the game with church community. What is a church? We hear that word thrown around a little uh, uh, too often. We, we call this building a church. I hate to bust your ball, but bubble, but this is just a, a, a bubble. That's what I meant to say. <laughs> and this is being recorded, so this is on, online. <laughs> I hate to bust your bubble. Talking about f- football. But this building is not the church, right? We don't go to church on Sunday morning, right? We say that, I'm going to church. But church is you and me. Because you are the church when you go to the grocery store after service. You are the church when you take your child to school in the morning. I am the church when I take my child to soccer practice. We are the church when we gather together outside of this building to impact our community for the kingdom of God. We. Uh, the church. Jesus said it best. He used the word Ecclesia. The word uh, uh, ecclesia means the called out assembly. You and I are called out to do kingdom ministry. Matthew chapter 16 verse 18 is where Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not overpower it. What does that mean? That means we're on the winning team. If you are a part of the church, if you have accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you are a part of the winning team. And he's already guaranteed the victory for you and for me. Revelation chapter 11, uh, chapter 12, verse 11 also tells us about this victory. We're told that we overcome our enemy, the accuser of the church, by the blood of the lamb, which Jesus has already shed for us. That shows that we already have the victory. We just need to play the game. We know the outcome. And we overcome by the word of our testimony. Keep Jesus on your lips. Keep encouraging folks that a better day will be here. Encourage your family members, that person who walked away from the church for a season, that person who said, I'm not going back there because I was hurt. Encourage those people who are sitting right next to you in your own household that Jesus Christ is Lord. And it's a better day ahead, but we need to work together to bring it. You see, we are a winning team. We are a community that has Jesus in common. Now, those of us who have decided to be a part of the church, we want to see our team win, don't we? We want to see our team successful. There are three things that we learn from the very first church, the early church, the first century church, that I think will help us to even recognize the victories that we achieve. We're going to be looking at Acts chapter 2, verses 44 through 47. So if you have your Bibles, why don't you turn them on, open them up to Acts 2, verses 44 through 47. Uh, I'll read the whole thing really quick, and then we'll go through uh, line by line. It, 44 says, now all the believers were together and held all things in common. They sold their possessions and property and uh, distributed the proceeds to all as any had need every day. They devoted themselves to meeting together in the temple and broke bread from house to house. They ate their food with joyful and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. Every day, the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. My first observation is this, is that that early church had unity. That church had unity. You see, unity is aiming for the same goal line. What team do you know that half the team is going this way and the other is going that way? They're going to score for the other squad. They're going to get fired. You don't want that. (laughs) Unity is aiming for the same end zone. Football players know that there are many different players on the team. There are many different players with different abilities on the team. There are many different players playing different roles on the team. But there's only one goal line. And that goal line represents success. We have to cross the goal line in order to score the touchdown. All of the players know that they need to work together to get to that goal. Verse 44 says, now all the believers were together and held all things in common. They aimed for the same thing. They aimed to be a loving community. They aimed for togetherness. It didn't matter what they were going through. It didn't matter anybody's economic status. It didn't matter uh, 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 their background. They just aimed to be together. This is after Jesus had left. Jesus went on back to heaven. They were all together, the, the book says. They loved, loved hanging out together. Even though they were being persecuted, even though their lives were in danger, they wanted to meet together. Watch this. Verse 42, if you go back and read, says that they dedicated themselves to their church leadership. They dedicated themselves to the leaders. And so what I want to do is just take a moment right now and celebrate the volunteer leaders of this church. Listen. If it was not, I'm going to give you a chance to clap. Here you go. Get your clap ready. Get it ready. If it was not for the volunteer leaders of this church praying for folks, uh, connecting with people, contacting people, caring for people during a global pandemic and through a church crisis, this church would not be standing. So I want to take a moment and celebrate you. The volunteer leaders and the staff of this church are the real MVPs of this church. You kept this place afloat when it could have sank. thank God for you, God for where we are going. Listen, I'm looking forward to working together with everyone. I'm looking forward to uh, uh, improving our team and getting us in, you know, on the right track so that we can be all that God has called us to be. I'm looking forward to all of that. I'm looking forward to the impact that mercy will have, not just right here in this building, but beyond, the Twin Cities and beyond. God has his hand on this ministry, and he has some special things in store for her. For a team to win, they need to bring the same energy. Have you ever seen Ray Lewis, my, my favorite football player, have you ever seen Ray Lewis come out yeah, it just go. If you never heard of Ray Lewis, just Google Ray Lewis. First thing you're gonna see is him coming out the back, doing his dance, and the, the pyrotechnics coming up. And he's just so excited; he's got all the energy in the world. He's screaming, and hollering, running out there on the field. And then what if the rest of the team was ran out there like, you know what? It's all right. He got his energy. I'm just chilling today. They would not have been successful. Everybody, they saw that and they got amped up too. They got excited too. Because if he's excited, I'm going to get excited and we're going to run together and we're going to win this championship. That's what the Vikings need. They need Ray Lewis to come out of retirement. time. <laughs> Play for the Vikings. We cannot allow our past to drag us down. We cannot allow our hurts to become our identity. Together, we can agree that God has a bright future for this church. And we need to work together to demonstrate unity and multiply disciples. Just what Jesus has called us to do. Matthew chapter 28, verse 19, read it when you get a chance. John chapter 17, write it down, read it when you get a chance. We want to do that in everything that we do. Everything that we do should have a component of impacting somebody's life for Jesus. The second thing that we observe in this passage is the radical love they had for each other, this early church. Every successful football team knows what radical love is, even though you don't see them walking around saying, I love you, man, right? they know what radical love is because what is that radical love is commitment and sacrifice commitment and sacrifice you see the linebacker has to commit that he won't be the primary scorer of the touchdowns (laughs) he can't do that or they won't be successful the quarterback can't block well the kicker can't make personnel decisions. No, no. Everyone needs to bring their best to the game. And everyone needs to sacrifice for the greater good of the team. That's what God did for us. I don't know if you understand. But, but, but God sacrificed his very best so that you and I can be on his team. We can play a role on the team because he sacrificed so much. He could have chilled up in heaven for the rest of eternity. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we're good. We're comfortable. But we want to invite you to be a part of the team. It's not my phone. <laughs> Let me be clear about what love is. Love is not googly eyes. Y'all know googly eyes. I got googly eyes for my wife. Mm, 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 mm. She didn't know I was going to say that. I love, mm, I love my wife. Mm, I got the googly eyes. But love is so much more than the googly eyes. If we just had googly eyes, we wouldn't have been together for 12 years. Love has to have some, some commitment, deep commitment. Love has to have some deep sacrifice. Lord and mercy. Anybody who's been married knows that it takes sacrifice. I love the way Dr. Scott McKnight defines love in his book, A Fellowship of Difference. He says, love is not primarily emotion or affection, but rather a covenant commitment to another person. Commitment does not deny emotions. Commitment reorders emotions. Team sports is a great example of this concept because the team needs to commit to each other in order to be successful, in order to win. Teams need to trust each other. Teams need to uphold their their roles and their responsibilities in order for the team to be successful. And watch this. If somebody on the team fails, if somebody on that team falls, we don't kick them to the side. We don't talk about them behind their back. We don't, we don't gossip about them. No, we lift them up. We pick them up. We bandage their wounds. We carry them over to the sideline. While they get well, then I jump in the game and continue the game to make us successful. We all play a role if we are a team. We work together if we are a team. And that's what this church has done. This church has stepped in and made a commitment to this church family in the tough times. Do you know how many things have to go right for a football team to win a game? Do you know how many things have to go right just for a football team to score a touchdown? There are 11 people on one side of that ball that have to be in sync, that have to work together, that have to communicate without giving the play away. They have to move together strategically to get the ball down the field of play. It's amazing to me that so many people can work together, unified, sacrificing for each other to make a touchdown, to make a play happen. We as a church community, we, we endure some of the same things as football. You see, because of, in football, on the other side of those 11 guys, Is 11 more guys. There's the enemy on the other side waiting to take you out, waiting to stop you from making a play, ready to push you back a few yards. And we experience that too. There is a real enemy on the other side looking to push us back. There's a real spiritual enemy on the other side that is looking to push us back and keep us from scoring, to keep us from winning. And you thought it was that person's personality. You thought it was uh, uh, that person who who just, uh, uh, you know, couldn't stop talking. You thought it was that person who wasn't getting in the game. No, there's a spiritual battle going on. For we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, blood, but against principalities, powers, rulers of this world. There's a real spiritual battle going on. And when we are in Christian community, when we are sticking together, when we're moving together, when we're looking for the win, we can achieve anything. We can achieve victory when we work together. But love is hard. Sacrifice is hard. Commitment is hard. Nobody said it would be easy. Anybody who told you, get with Jesus, and it's a cakewalk. They lied to you. It is certainly not a cakewalk. To radically commit to a teammate who is from a different background, to radically Radically commit to a teammate who has a, a, a maybe speaks a different language than you, that is from a different class than you, from a different socioeconomic background than you, that, that, that may dress different, present different, sing different, act different. It's hard. But a good team uses each one of those differences to win the game. Because guess what? If you can carry the ball well and you can run the ball, I'm going to give you the ball. If you can catch the ball, guess what? Next play, I'm going to give you the ball. And you can do something with the ball. You go and do the ball. Make the touchdown. And then at the end, we celebrate the victory together. Over individuals together. Look at verse number 45. It says, they sold their possessions and property to distribute the proceeds to all as any had need. And every day. They devoted themselves to meeting together in the temple and broke bread from house to house. They ate their food with joyful and sincere hearts. Other than Jesus's radical love and commitment to us, what other example, greater example do we have of commitment to Christian community than this? They were willing to give it up all, give all of it up so that each person would be taken care of. I don't know if there's a greater example of loving God and loving others in the New Testament. The last observation is this, is that we can get in the game and desire progress. Progress, advancement or growth must be a driving force for our team. It must be. We ought to want to win because Jesus has already told us we're going to win. Now, we just got to go through the motions. We've got to get to the goal line. The early church, they wanted to advance. They wanted to move forward because they knew they were going to win. What team do you know that's not interested in winning? Somebody, I hear you thinking the Minnesota Vikings. (laughs) But guess what? Teams like that, they get disbanded. They get broken up. The coach eventually gets fired. If you're not interested in winning, bye-bye, baby. Go to another place. Right? That's not what winning teams do. But even winning teams retool so that they could keep winning. Coach Herm Edwards, the NFL coach, he said, you play to win the game. You don't just play to play it. Verse number 47 says, praising God. And enjoying the favor of all the people, every day the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. You see, the early church made some great progress in this verse. It made progress in three areas. One, through worship. Two, with people. And three, with their focus. They made progress with worship. Worship in their celebration, their prayer, their celebration of what God is doing, what He has done, and what they trust He will do. One of the things that I love about Mercy is our eclectic music worship style. One of the ways that everybody can come and get a taste of the flavor of what they're used to, but also can be stretched. To connect with a style, with a worship style, with words and lyrics and music that you're not quite used to. But that stretching allows us to grow together in unity and in love. They also grew and made progress in their, uh, uh, with other people. They said with all the people, they found favor. That's important. They didn't just say they found favor with the folks that were in the building. With all the people, what are we doing to find favor with our neighbors, with our community, with the greater twin cities and beyond? Just because someone might look a little different, act different, worship different, they they might present different, that's good. That's okay. We ought to connect with those people and build with those folks so that we can become what God has called us to be. Embrace those folks and find common ground and be a blessing to them so we can impact them for the kingdom of God. They also made uh, progress, finally, with their outward focus. Their outward focus. The early church was incredibly successful with this. New believers, the Bible says, were added to the church daily. 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 I want to see that. I want to experience that, not just see it. I want people to have their lives impacted and be added to this community daily. Let us not forget to unify, to multiply disciples. If we're aiming for the same goal, if we're aiming for the same goal, we can make this happen. Stretching out to impact other lives is the energy That mercy needs it's the energy that mercy needs not only to thrive today but for generations to come beyond you and me we're looking for this community to impact the twin cities forever till jesus come back at least listen i'm so proud of the mercy venue church I'm so proud of the Mercy Vineyard Church as I thought about, okay, what, what has this church done extremely well? All of these things started flooding to me. There are so many group leaders that have continued to meet and connect and contact people and pray for people and care for people during, what I said, a global pandemic and church crisis. There's so many people who care. During the, a, a pandemic, there were so many of you who showed your generosity And donated to a COVID care fund where we've raised and distributed over $70,000 to impact people who were in need this season. Every week, we've been seeing new faces in this church. This is not a dead church or a pond church. This is a church that's like a river. It's flowing water. It's living water. God is here. And new faces every week are coming and staying. Thank you all. We appreciate y'all being here. this church is incredibly resilient. The way that she recovers from great difficulties is commendable and not short of miraculous. This church is incredibly dedicated. People are incredibly connected and communal, which has helped the church to be uh, dedicated and relational and resilient. And did I mention the fun? Were you here for the outdoor services? Did you get a taste of the cotton candy and the the the, uh, what is all that stuff y'all were eating? Oh, we were eating. I was eating too much sugar. Root beer floats and 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 snow cones. Who forget the snow cones? Vacation Bible School. It was if you just drove past, you see the excitement and the energy that was in this building. So many kids came with their energy, and the volunteers matched it. God bless you, volunteers, for matching that energy that everyone gets to play picnics. Those were incredible. There were so many people at the last one. I was about to preach a sermon and pass an offering plate. (laughs) That's a real preacher right there. (laughs) There's so many things going on. So there's a, a, a few things that I would love to see us strive for, to keep striving for. One is salvations. I want to see us impact this community for the kingdom of God. And I want to see people continuously give their lives to a loving Jesus. I want to see more baptisms. I want to celebrate people as they continue to move forward in their walk with Jesus through baptism. We just baptized three people this past Wednesday. Congratulations to Bree and uh, 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 President and, 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 and Shannon. Thank you. That was awesome. They took those steps with Jesus this week. And I want to work together as a community to transform the Twin Cities. And that happens when we get practical. The supernatural happens in the practical. You see, Jesus did not sit on a mountaintop and say, oh, I pray that everything will get better. Amen. No. He took that energy out on the streets. Jesus was out in these streets. And he connected with people and communicated with people and talked to people and engaged with people and walked with people and ate with people and hugged people and, and, and just did life with people. And that's how he made such a great impact. And that's why actually Christianity continued on. And you are even saved today because some people impacted some people, impacted some more people. And down the line, you were one of the people. Don't let that stop. Don't let that energy stop. Let's impact people for good. Worship team, you can come on up here. We are better together when we get in the game together, when we strive to display unity, radical love for each other, when we encourage progress. There's no Super Bowl that is too great for us to reach. There's no a, a, a victory that's too big for us to accomplish if we work together. Let's continue to work together and be get in the game with Jesus and this church community. Father, we thank you so much for what you're doing in this church and where you're taking us. We pray that you would continue to motivate us, that you would give us direction and shine your light at the end of the tunnel so that all of us can see the great things that you are doing and where you are taking the bus. We pray, Father God, that you would bless the remainder of this service, that you would reach us, impact us, and uh, completely transform us in every area of our lives that we can connect with you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The worship team is going to continue to worship.